All right. Well, hey, good morning, church. Good morning. It's good to be together. We're celebrating life today. Actually, every day we celebrate life. Amen? Amen. Church, did you hear me? Every day. Every day we celebrate life. Yes, yes. It's a miracle that, that we're here. Technology. Oh, did you hear that? Technology. Hey, Janet, can you turn my voice down just a hair? Just a little bit. Um, I love it. And I not so love it. Is that the nice way? Can I say that in church? Because you, when you start relying on it, and then it doesn't work, then you feel stuck, right? But the great thing about technology is when I'm in the sound booth running sound this morning, which is my favorite thing to do in the church, by the way, um, I get a text. And normally, I don't look at my phone during church. Because I'm like, all right, I'm busy. Just leave me alone. But Ruth texts me during worship (laughs) and says, I believe I have a word this morning. Can I share it? And I was like, yes. I texted her back with a smiley face. And so she got it, and uh, she gave it. So thank you, Ruth. Hey, we believe that the Holy Spirit moves today, that when we read the scriptures and what happened in the early church and what we have written, if you walk in on the door above our door when you come in, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's just not this nice little four square thing that we believe in. We do believe in it. That means that Jesus has always been, and we're going to look at that today, and he was, and he is, and he will be tomorrow, right? He's, that he's active, that he's doing things today. He didn't just say, all right, I'm here, and then I'm gone, and then you're on your own. We would be in trouble if we were on our own. We're already in trouble, and we have him with us. So he sends his Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us, and so we believe that he still speaks today. And it lines up with his word. Didn't her message today line up with his word? Yes. When it doesn't line up with the word, then we say, all right, that was bad pizza. Let's do it again next week, and we'll figure it out, because it's not going to be perfect. I just want you to know. And the reason why, the reason why a lot of churches don't do what Ruth did and what Jan does and what many of us do is because it can be kind of scary, Right? Like, I'm giving a mic to somebody. I have no idea what they're going to say. <laughs> We've heard it all. But we're human, and we're following Jesus the best we can. And that, the risk for me, is worth it because someone, somebody needed to hear that today. Whether they're watching from at home, or maybe they're hiking later in the week, and they're watching right now. My sister's watching from Texas this morning. <laughs> Yeehaw, Kim. All right. <laughs> All right, so she's back there watching. She texted me, hey, what time are you going to be doing church? But it's worth it to me for the risk because somebody needed to hear that word from Jesus this morning, that he knows us, that he actually sees us, and he knows us by name. That was the word that was given during our prayer time this morning um, before church. By the way, that is open to anybody that wants to come at 925 on 
Sunday mornings. We spend, for the volunteers that are serving and working and doing their thing, we give them about 10 minutes just of some Jesus time. And we pray together, and it's becoming super powerful. I'm loving it. Hey, this morning's message is the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. We're going to talk about truth this morning. But whenever I see this phrase, I'll just tell you, my mind is not fully redeemed. My heart is. My spirit is. He's working on my mind. I think of movies. And there's a movie quote. That's a famous movie quote from A Few Good Men. And they're questioning Jack Nicholson on the stand. Anybody tracking with me? Raise your hand if you know where I'm going. Well, no, you, no, put your hand down because none of you know where I'm going. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> if you're tracking with me, Jack Nicholson on the stand. Yes? A few of you? Okay. Who has no idea what I'm talking about? Jack Nicholson on the stand. Okay. A few of you. Vicki, let me talk to you for a moment. So Tom Cruise is like blasting this guy because they were bad. And he's on the stand. And Tom Cruise yells, I just want to know the truth. And the, one of the best movie lines ever is Jack Nicholson just, he just yells out. He goes, you can't handle the truth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that actually felt pretty good. But that's what he says. If you really want to know the truth, you can't handle the truth. And Jesus is talking to this group of people who are, who are pestering him and trying to trick him and pin him down. And they're asking about the truth. And I can see Jesus saying, you can't handle the truth. And if you could handle the truth, the truth would set you free. But they chose not to. So I just got to thinking movie lines. And so I'm going to open it up to a few of you. I'm going to hand the mic around a little bit again. A famous movie lines. Anybody got one in their head? Anybody? Well, that was good. But before we do this, because I'm going to do some movie lines, I need somebody who can read really fast, like a fast reader. Wow, you guys are super active with me today. Jordan can totally do it. Come here, Jordan. You just have to read this, okay? And read it as fast as you can. Go ahead and take a second. Oh, I got it. And read through. Okay. Someone has to say it, though. Someone has to say it. There has to be one. Yes. The mention of these movie quotes does not endorse the contents of the movies mentioned or encourage the viewing of such movies. Let me translate for you. You know, that's like, the, this is a commercial, right? It's like at the end of a commercial when whoever comes on. I don't know how they do that, but I think they just speed it up because Brandon showed me that he can do that. He can make me sound like Mickey Mouse, but he's gracious. The mention of these movie quotes does not endorse the contents of these movies mentioned or encourage the viewing of such movies. Okay. I really want to really say that out loud. So I'm just going to belt a couple of them out. You're going to need a bigger boat. Jaws, okay. Go ahead. Make my day. 
Are you feeling lucky, punk? I like that one too. <laughs> Get off my lawn. So you guys can tell, three quotes in a row, all Clint Eastwood. Love Clint Eastwood. Pray for his soul. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> Frankly, my dear, I don't give a cement wall that holds back water and supplies electricity and irrigation to entire regions. Okay. Gone with the wind. That is a good line. <laughs> Probably my all-time favorite. So you're telling me there's a chance. Anybody know? All right. Ben? Dumb and dumber. Lloyd Christmas is talking to Mary Samsonite. It's not Samsonite, but anyways, if you know the movie, you get it. He found her suitcase, briefcase, and it said Samsonite. He thought it was personal, so it's, he's looking for Mary Samsonite. He wants to have a relationship with Mary Samsonite, and he goes, what are our chances? And she's like blank stare, because he's, he's the dumber of the dumb, okay? And she says, nothing, and he says, one in a hundred? And then she says, more like one in one million. And so we all, all of us in this room know what that means. Like, there's no chance, buddy. But for him, one in one million, lights come on in his eyes. And he says, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny. And I can see Jesus looking at these who have just tested him with an adulterous woman, and he offered grace. Do you guys realize that Jesus, when they brought that adulterous woman out, they should have brought the man too, but they did not. Okay? So they brought her, and Jesus offered grace. But do you realize that Jesus didn't just offer grace to her, but he offered grace to them. He gave them a chance to respond and to repent and to say, yeah, I am a sinner. Because he says, for those of you that don't have sin in your life, cast the first stone. And they all turned and went home. It's interesting that the obvious sinner there in that group, the obvious one was the woman. And she turned her heart to Jesus. And the not-so-obvious, but still sinners, the religious ones, they just turned and walked away. They walked away from grace. And so as we read, continue to read in John chapter 8, and we have Bibles. They've been holding them faithfully for five minutes back there. Raise your hand if you want a Bible, because we're going to read a bunch today. We're going to see that Jesus offers grace, but like we talked last week, that Jesus was a man of grace, but he was also a man of truth. That he offered grace, but he also spoke the truth. So grace has already been offered, and the rest of chapter 8, he lowers the boom on truth. And he's going to speak truth. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to attempt to do something that I've never done before this morning. 
I should have just Jordan come up and read it because I don't know if I can do it. But I'm going to try to read this entire passage without stopping and talking about it. <laughs> Eric is shaking his head. Impossible. Okay, first of all, just reading out loud is a phobia of mine, but let's not go there. We're going to pick it up in verse 21. So they're questioning Jesus. Who are you? Who really are you? And we're going to see all these little comments in between that we'll talk about later. Verse 21 in John chapter 8. Once more Jesus said to them, I'm going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am he. You will indeed die in your sins. Who are you, they asked. Just what have I been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy. And what I have heard from him, I tell the world. They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man, you will know that I am he. That I do nothing on my own but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many believed in him. To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said this, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but the son belongs to it forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, Jesus said, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is written, you are looking for a way to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father... You would love me, for I have come here from God. 
I have not come here on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. Not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. The Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? I am not possessed by a demon, Jesus said, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. I'm not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. At this they exclaimed, now we know that you're demon-possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? And Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not even 50 years old, they said to him. And you have seen Abraham? Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. <laughs> hey, where do you start in this passage? We could spend months in this passage. We're going to spend 15 minutes. Because where do you start here? Well, let's just start with the truth. Today in our world, we want to be inclusive. That's the word right now. We want to be inclusive. And you know what? I like that. I don't want anybody to be left out of the kingdom of God. There's plenty of room for anybody who wants to come and follow Jesus. But the truth is, it's not easy to follow Jesus. Jesus makes it be, oh, almost below sea level, ground level, to walk in the kingdom. Because he says, you just need to trust and believe in me. But then we know that as we walk with him, 
He accepts us and takes us exactly where we are. But you guys realize that because he loves us and he cares for us, he won't leave us where we are. Man, if he left us where we are, we would be in a world of hurt. If Jesus left me where I was, afraid, insecure, fearful, did I say afraid? Afraid. Man, I don't want to live there anymore. And so I have to walk with him. And he leads me into new places. And that's what he does with us. He leads us into new places. So where do we start? We start with the truth that Jesus did say that he was God. Well, wait a minute. I've heard that Jesus was just a good teacher. He was a good man. And maybe at best he was a prophet. But was he really God? And I've also heard Jesus said, Jesus, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. <laughs> right here. Because what's powerful in this passage is in is he refers to himself as I am three times. And the reference to that is an Old Testament reference. Because when Moses was called by God to help deliver God's people from Egypt, Moses tried to do it his own way in the flesh. He goes, oh, you want me to deliver your people? Well, I see that guy beating on that guy. So I'm going to go kill him and bury that bad guy. And then they'll, then we'll, no. What did they do? No, they kind of came after him. And then what did Moses do? He ran for a couple of days, for a couple of months, 40 years, 40 years out in the desert. And he's walking through, doing what he does in the desert. And he sees this bush that looks like it's on fire. But it's not burning up, and he approaches it because he's curious. I mean, I think I'd be curious. Wouldn't you be curious? So he goes over there, and he hears the voice of God. And he, Take off your shoes. This is holy ground. And he, and he has this conversation with God, and God reminds him of what he was called to do and what he's supposed to do. And Moses says, I can't do that. Well, what if I go back there? I haven't been back there for 40 years, but what if I go back there? What, who am I? Whose authority am I working under? And God tells Moses, tell them, I am sent you. Jesus knows that they know that passage. In fact, most of the people he's talking to have the first five books of the Bible memorized. They know this passage. And so when Jesus starts talking to them. He's not debating with them. He's telling them the truth because he loves them. He reveals to them who he really is. And there's three verses I want us to look at really quick. Verse 24, Jesus said, I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am. Now, we read this here, and it just says, I am. But in the original language, that is the same translation when God told Moses, I am. Jesus is saying, 
You will die in your sins unless you believe that I am. That's the first time. And then just, just down in verse 28, he says it again. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am. Now, is he talking about, oh, when you have the worship service and you all raise your hands and worship me and you lift up the Son of Man, is that what he's talking about? No, he's talking about his crucifixion. When you kill me and you lift me up and my body is there and you see me, you will know that I am. And what happened when Jesus was crucified on the cross? Darkness, earthquakes, people being raised from the dead, the curtain in the the temple that was sacred, the Holy of Holies that only one person was approved to go into, that curtain that was 18 inches thick, that much, that thick, literally tore from top to bottom, meaning there's access now to Father God through what Jesus did on the cross. And Jesus said, when you lift me up, you will know that I am. You will know that I am God. And then the last one in verse 58, right before they picked up rocks to take him out. He says, truly, I tell you this, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. No argument. Jesus claimed to be God. So what is the truth? Jesus is God. Is that a popular truth? Not really. We like to have gods. Human beings like to have gods. We don't like to be told what to do either. So if you let us pick our gods, all right, we can deal with that. But when one says, I'm the only God, that's when it ruffles our feathers a little bit. And Jesus said, in, well, we're going to look ahead, and we'll get there in about two years. John 14, Jesus said, I am the way. You want to know how to get to heaven? And he's talking to his disciples, reassuring them. He's telling them, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to die. They're going, to, they're going to kill me. And they're like, well, what are we supposed to do? Would you show us? And Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one can have a relationship with Father God unless it's through me. Those are bold words. Those are not popular words today. Because we want to be inclusive. We want everyone. There's so many paths to heaven. Who's heard that? There's not. People's hearts long to worship God. That's why there's so much stuff out there. Whether it's the God of the NFL, ooh, I love football. But that's why I have a DVR. Because I'm not going to miss church over football. We have gods. But Jesus said, if you want to know the Father God, the one true God, It's got to be through me. Hmm. When talking to Pilate, which we'll probably get in five years, 
John 18. <laughs> Jesus said this, my kingdom is not of this world, and we just, he just said that back here too. If it were, my servants would fight and prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. And then Pilate says, you are a king? And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into this world is to testify to that truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And that's key for us. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And then Pilate says what all of us say. Well, what is truth? Because today in our world, your truth, I don't mean to point at anybody, sorry. Sorry, Kevin. Pointed right at you, buddy. Sorry. I'll point up there. You oh, almost dabbed for a second. Okay. 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 I apologize for that. Okay. Your truth isn't my truth. You believe what you want to believe. I'll believe what I want to believe. You be you. I'll be me. Isn't that what we hear today? Yes. Is that what Jesus is saying here? Not when it comes to having a relationship with God. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, if you want a relationship with God, it's got to be through me. That's not popular today. But it's the only place where life exists. And if we believe, if we're on that side of truth that Jesus said, then what? The truth will set us free. Because we're all bound, we're all captive, we're all caught up in our own stuff, and we're not free. But when we believe in Jesus, and he restores relationship with the Almighty God, and we realize that, oh, now I have purpose, now I have identity. You know, one of the biggest things that's going on in our world right now is identity. So now I have purpose and I have identity and I have a new focus. It's not just making money and buying all the toys. I mean, toys are fun. I like toys. But that's not the purpose. Now we have a new kingdom purpose. And we realize that this world is only for a moment that our lives are only for a moment. We had a memorial service yesterday for an 80-year-old woman who was a very precious woman. It was my mother-in-law. And 80 years when I was 20 sounded, man, that's old. That's... Sorry if I'm stepping on a few toes this morning when I say old. <laughs> Sorry, Tony. Tony's only like 60-something. Right? Yeah. We're both lying in church, aren't we? Okay. But man, as we get older, you realize that, wow, that's not far away. And so I need to have, as a follower of Jesus, I need to have a kingdom focus that I want to be inclusive. I want as many people to know Jesus as possible. And Jesus didn't just leave us here on our own, that he sent his Holy Spirit to lead us and direct us and to guide us. And even more important, like for me, is he corrects me. 
When I mess up, he corrects me. Psalm 23, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. They comfort me because I know that if I'm going over here, he's going to give me a couple taps. <laughs> or a couple taps. You know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Someone said baseball bat. Jesus came to set us free, to set our feet on solid ground. Psalm 40, oh, I just lost it. I'm going to read it to you real quick. You're going to beat me to it. Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me, and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of my slimy pit, out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on a rock. And gave me a firm place to stand. Jesus came to set us free and not be wandering around trying to figure out what's to do next. Not to be tossed and turned by the waves of the world, but to have our feet on firm ground. And then Jesus shares the story in Matthew chapter 7. When he talks about, hey, if anyone hears my words... And puts them into practice. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Well, the sand is great because it's closer to the beach. I can just step right out, hop on my surfboard, and go. But the rains came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So Jesus came to set us free and to set our feet on solid ground. Jesus came to remove doubt and remind us to whom we belong. Look back at John chapter 8. Verse 31 and 32. If you hold to my teaching, this is Jesus. I brought this Bible from home because this is like one of my favorite, because it's red, it has red letters. I love it. My Bible here at the church doesn't have red letters. I like the red letter version. If you hold to my teaching, Jesus said, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Other translations say, if you hold to my teachings, if you remain faithful, if you abide in my word, if you live by what I say, you will be set free. The Message Bible says this, if you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. So when we're confronted with truth, we have a choice. Like this morning, we have a choice. When we're confronted with truth that Jesus did say he was God, then I have to choose. Well, Jesus, am I going to follow you? So we can receive it, we can take it in, we can reflect on it, and we can make the appropriate changes. Sounds like a business deal. 
But as we're presented the fact that Jesus is God, then we can receive that. And we can like take that in, soak, soak it in, and really meditate and reflect on it. And the cool thing about it is he makes the appropriate changes in us. But what we see here in this passage is they don't receive it. They reject it. They don't take it in. They criticize it. They don't reflect on it. They cancel it. Ooh. We live in a cancel culture today. Someone told me this morning, yeah, Christians are looking at Paul's life, and they decided, Paul's past life, and they decided to cancel him. Okay, let me explain that joke. Paul, who wrote 13 books in the New Testament, his past was he was a murderer, a liar. He was just religious. He killed and imprisoned Christians. Killed and imprisoned Christians. So here's the joke again. While Christians are looking at Paul's life now and see his past, and so they just decided to cancel him. Because that's what we do now. We go back and look at your life. Oh, we don't like what you did 20 years ago. Cancel. It's all over the place. Mr. Potato Head. They're trying to cancel Mr. Potato Head because he's a mister. Well, they have Mrs. Potato Head. Anyways. So Jesus is saying here, to this group, you, you reject me, you criticize me, you cancel me, you ridicule me, and you ridicule those who believe. As I read that long passage to you, and maybe some of you picked it up on it, but they like were nailing him. Every time they said something in response, they were like nailing him. I mean, like mean, like insults. And let me just go over those real quick. What are you going to do? You're going to kill yourself? Is what they said when Jesus said, hey, hey, where I go, you cannot come. You don't know where I'm going. And they say, oh, what are you going to do, kill yourself? Because you know what they're saying? It's because what they believed, if you committed suicide, you don't go to heaven. That's what the Jews believed. So that's why they throw that in his face. You're not going to heaven. Verse 25, who are you? They questioned his authority. He already told them who he was, and they still questioned his authority. Verse 41, a big jab. We're not illegitimate children. So what is that referring to? Well, Mary, his mom, got pregnant by God. A little wacky, right? So they're calling Jesus right there an illegitimate son. I mean, the grace of Jesus to be in that crowd and to be sharing his heart because he loves them and wants them to know the truth, and they just keep jabbing him. The fact that he didn't, oh, the fact that he didn't just say, I'm done, you're out, I cancel you, <laughs> is amazing grace. I mean, did they deserve it? They absolutely deserved punishment. But Jesus didn't punish them. 
They call him the absolute worst thing you could call somebody in verse 48. Are we right in saying you are a Samaritan and you're demon-possessed? They're telling the God of creation, I am. He had already proclaimed it. They're calling him demon-possessed. And then the worst name possible, you don't call a Jewish person a Samaritan. I don't even know what that would compare to nowadays if we want to be politically correct and not say anything out loud. Please don't. (laughs) Calling them demon-possessed wasn't good enough once. They call them again in verse 52. And then the God who came to bring us life, they pick up stones to kill him in verse 59. Jesus shows incredible grace, incredible mercy. And instead of canceling them, several times in John chapter 8, he very plainly tells them that he is God. He lovingly reminds them that without him, they will die in their sin. But he also lovingly reminds them that in him, there's truth. And that truth, knowing that Jesus is God, will set us free. And then he offers us eternal life. It's amazing. They knew exactly By the end of this passage, they know exactly what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, I am God, and I came here to rescue you and save you from your sin. And if you don't believe in me, you will die in that sin, meaning you will spend eternity without Father God. And their response was to fall on their knees and to Say, we believe. Wouldn't that be a great response? No, they pick up rocks and they're going to play dodgeball. And they're gonna, they want to kill Jesus, but it wasn't his time. So he just somehow walks away in plain sight because it wasn't his time. There will be a time where Jesus doesn't walk away. And we talked about that this morning as we opened up those little cups. So how are we handling the truth? If you're on the witness stand and Tom Cruise is yelling at you, I just want to know the truth. Would you scream out, you can't handle the truth, or I can't handle the truth? There's a great line in verse 37. When Jesus says, you know, You're looking for a way to kill me because, this is why, you have no room for my word. You have no room for what I have to say to you. And so how are we handling the truth? Are we making room to hear the truth? As followers of Jesus, maybe you haven't even decided to follow Jesus yet. Are you making room? Are you at your end? Have you looked at what the world says is truth and realized it's not doing it for me? There's got to be something else. 
I think many of us in this room have come to that point. And then we, we look to Jesus. The Bible says that because God loves us, that he draws himself to us, draws us to himself. He like woos us. It's his idea for us to have a relationship with him. It's not our idea. We're out running around doing our own thing. It's his idea to have a relationship with us. And so the invitation for us is to go deeper, to sing what, to say what we sang this morning. So God, would you draw us closer? Would you take us deeper? God, I just want to know your heart. I want to know you more. There's incredible freedom in Jesus. You know, I talked about the past in the past, last few weeks. We get locked into our past and we don't think anything can change. Past is past. So now, what are we going to do with the truth? Well, in the present, the truth will set you free. You can be free from all that other stuff. You can cancel your own stuff and walk free now in Christ. Like starting today. Uh, Maybe this morning it was like, man, it was a rough morning. Well, cancel it and start now. Start fresh with Jesus, moment by moment. It's his promise to us that we can. We can have new life in him, starting today. You've never decided to follow Jesus? June 6th is a great day. You'll never forget it. You want a deeper relationship with Jesus? Then decide today, June 6th, great day. You'll never forget it. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that the truth will set us free. And I thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to you, to the Father God, unless it's through your Son, Jesus. I pray for those who are thinking about making that decision to follow you, and I pray that as they have conversation with you and with those that you bring into their life, God, I pray that they would make a decision to follow you that they wouldn't hold back, but they would do that now. And I pray for those of us that already know you that we wouldn't hang on to our past and walk with you like we walked with you back then because you want to walk with us today. Today, right now, you are here now. You are here now. And so we ask, God, that you would walk with us Guide us, lead us, teach us and train us to walk with you. Give us boldness to be able to share and to live out your word as we make room for it in our hearts. And Lord, I do pray that you would correct us. And I thank you that your grace and your mercy is new. For those of us that have messed up this week. For those of us that have messed up today. God, for those of us that messed up five seconds ago. God, that your mercy is new right now. And so we receive it and we're thankful for it. 
But we bless our Sunday school teachers this morning because I went long. God, we ask that you would watch our kids, that you'd capture their hearts, that they would really know you. God, I pray for our kids that they would know you better than we know you, that they would, be, they would change the world better than we've changed the world, that this would be the generation that rises up and makes a difference for your kingdom. Help us all to be that, to rise up and make a difference in your kingdom. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen, Amen, church. It is great to be together. Love it. We are going to baptize a few folks this morning. It's still morning. Amen. Okay. We're going to take about a five-minute break. They're going to go get changed real quick. And then for those of you that want to stay, which we encourage you to stay, um, please do that. But for those of you that just need to go, then God bless. We'll see you soon.